Nobody can hush me. I'm unhushable. <laughs> oh my god, welcome to None of This Is Real. It's a podcast where we scream at our microphones about mysterious and weird stuff. <laughs> I'm Doomsday Domini. I'm Sarah Sinkhole. I'm just sinking down into that hole. I am spiritually prepping for Doomsday. <laughs> you I think I'm ready, y'all. Right, you get ready and then we'll, you can like you can hide out in my hole with me. I'm getting the hole ready. Oh, You're getting your spirit it's ready. Perfect. I'm getting my hole ready. Ew. For me? Yes, just for you. Did anything weird or mysterious happen to you this week? The other the other night I was I think I was talking to you at one point during when, when this happened, but a possum ran across the road <laughs> right in front of my house and it was a very jacked up looking possum. <laughs> A weird hump in its back. It was huge, and it looked like it looked like an R O U S from Princess Bride. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Look, a possum, guys! Look, look!" And we were like, "Yay! Okay, cool!" And then about thirty minutes later, I go to the laundry room and look out the side door, and there is a it's it was a teenage raccoon. It wasn't full grown, but it wasn't a baby. It was a teenager. And it's just sitting there making direct eye contact with me and like sneaking its little paw over to get a piece of cat food. Just maintaining eye contact while it ate the cat food. (laughs) Just like a fucking teenager. Was it smoking a cigarette with its other paw? Yeah, pretty much. And it was like, you don't understand our meme culture. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. Kidding. I love teenagers. I was once one to the, to the detriment of society um we were awful teenagers ugh, pretty much not not awful in that like our behavior was necessarily bad we were just really fucking annoying <laughs> <laughs> so anyway teenage raccoon is like you know uh trying to assert its dominance over me and uh we just stood there and watched it for like 10 minutes i was like you know what i'd rather let this teenage uh, raccoon eat my cat food than chase it away this is more fun ultimately <laughs> um so then we sat down to watch uh we're on the last two episodes of series of unfortunate events now so we sat down to watch one of those and i looked out the window and there was a fox just standing there and i was like what is going on tonight like all and there were fireflies so like everything was just out at once it was like all of a sudden everything's hanging out and it all wants to eat my cat food nature just converged on your front yard yes it was awesome i was like i want and i was telling lorenzo like i don't want a house anymore i just want a giant screened porch if i don't need walls just give me a roof so that not everything gets wet when it rains and the re- and then i'll be fine i just want a big screen porch fuck a house you need that for summertime yes su- i need a summer porch and a winter yurt a, su- <laughs> a summer living porch uh-huh yeah, last night, oh, last night I, we heard what sounded like a monkey, but I'm pretty sure it's a some sort of mating call of a of an owl, but it seriously sounds like a monkey, and then Lorenzo was trying to replicate the monkey owl sound, and he was like, is that doing anything for you? And I was like, actually, it kind of sounded like Robert Plant, so <laughs> it was pretty hot. So, Yeah. And then we laughed really hard because I remember that time that my mom and I were listening to some Zeppelin together, and she said, oh, Robert Plant is just so sexual. 
Mm-hmm. Here I'll squeeze my lemon till the juice runs down my leg. You know what that means. Oh, I'm like, God, yes, Debbie. mom. Yes, I do. Stop it. <laughs> also, why would you want the juice to run down your leg? Just clean that up. You know what? Robert. Robert, if you're making lemonade and you spill some on your pants, just get a rag. Come on. <laughs> anyway, what, what, which was serious and weird thing that happened to you do you want to tell me about today? Did you say wisterious? I might have said wisterious. I need to take a nap. <laughs> like wisterious. We just put the two words together. This is your wisterious podcast. <laughs> I thought I lost Puck on the farm. Oh, And no. it really freaked me out. I was there by myself. I went to the bathroom, and the bathroom is in the office. Like, there's a little office. There's a the sink. There's a fridge. There's stuff. And then connected to the office is the barn, which is closed on the weekends they close the doors to the barn okay mm-hmm. so i go into the office i take a pee and i left the outside door to the office open okay while i peed i came out puck was gone so i figured he just went exploring he was just running around somewhere yeah and i walked outside and i didn't hear his little jingly collar or anything so after a few minutes i was just like okay i've got to look for him or call him and I start calling and calling and calling, and I, I kind of thought maybe I heard the jingle, but I didn't really know where it was coming from, so I started to get panicky. So this went on for like 10, 15 minutes. I, so I clocked out, and I drove down the road oh my calling for him. I drove out to the main road, no puck. I drove all the way over to the neighbors because they I had heard them playing music and talking and I was like, maybe Puck went over to see who it was. So I go and like I, that song. I pulled into the driveway and I this lady walked up to me and I was like, Have you seen a little brown dog? And I'm like half hysterical. Oh god. She hadn't seen him and then I drove back to the farm and I was screaming for him like Puck you know, <laughs> just like hysterically screaming for my dog. Uh-huh. And so I finally called Jay and I was like about ready to be like, you have to come out here right now. I don't care what you're doing. Help me find the dog. And I, he answers the phone. And at the moment he answered the phone, I walked back into the office and there was Puck. <laughs> I didn't see him in the oh office because he had gone through the cat door into the barn, which uh, is connected. Okay. And so he was snooping around in the barn and i looked in the office a second time and i was like he's not in here he's not out there he's not at his desk (laughs) (laughs) and so jay just he answered the phone and all he heard was hysterical me going oh my god he's right here oh my god he probably thought you were like being murdered by someone (laughs) he's right here behind me hang up click (laughs) Oh, I was so scared. And I went through the roller coaster of like, I'm such a bad dog mom. I can't believe I let him down. He's so helpless and little. What's he going to do out there? Oh, God. You went through the seven stages of grief already. (laughs) Oh, my God. I shouldn't have come to work today. I'm a monster. So I just, I'm hoping nobody watches their security cameras. So I'm like, if they watch that. Oh, I'm hoping they see it all, baby. I hope they see it all. And then put it on YouTube. <laughs> They're going to see hysterical me walking in circles on the farm screaming. And then Puck just sitting in the office. Sitting at his desk like, Ooh. I'm just doing a little paperwork, guys. Just filing some things. Just updating the website. What's wrong? <laughs> anyway, 
That was weird. I did not like that sensation. Well, I guess that's kind of a good segue. Ooh, maybe maybe someone lured Puck into the barn. Because what we're talking about today is uh, things that lure you out into the wilderness or wherever they lure you to. Lure lore. Lure, lure, lure. <laughs> lure, lure. <laughs> what well, we got for you say. today is some good old lure, lore. No, <laughs> lure, lore. Yeah. <laughs> lore about things that lure, lure. <laughs> I can't do it. Just give up now. Let's abandon ship. L U R E L O R E. Yes. Let's just spell it. Okay. Every time. <laughs> it's easier. Every single time. Mm-hmm. I'll do some I'll do some Morse code. Okay. But yeah, apparently there's there's different creatures and different things that can entice you to go somewhere else where you may not have gone or go towards them or go out into the woods. Yes, you forget and... forget all about your life and go live in a hill, magical hillside with fairies. So we're going to talk to you about those today and I think you're going to go first, right? I am going to go first. And I'm going to I'm right. going to talk about possibly one of the oldest written examples of creature that lures people to their death. Cuz I'm going to fun. Oh yes, it's very fun. I'm going to talk about sirens. You're so silly. So sirens obviously originated in Greek mythology um, and as dangerous creatures who lured nearby sailors with their enchanting music and singing voices to uh, wreck their ships on the rocky coast of the island. Um, And apparently, I never knew this, but originally sirens were male or female, at least in art. I've definitely been lured by a man. Oh, Lord of mercy. So, but the male siren disappeared from art around uh, 5th century BC. So depending on what you read and what legend you're reading, um, their numbers range anywhere from 2 to 5. The most famous example, of course, is from Homer's Odyssey, and he mentions only two sirens. So I'm going to read you the description of the sirens from the Odyssey, and this is the advice that Cer- Circe, 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 I'm going to mutilate all these Greek names, so get ready to laugh. First of all, you will come to the sirens who enchant all men who come near them. Whoever comes close to them in ignorance and hears the siren's voice, he will never return home for his wife and little children to stand by his side and rejoice. For the sirens, sitting in a meadow, enchant all with their clear song. Around them there is a great heap of bones of rotting men, and the skin shrivels up around those bones. But go on past them, and then seal the ears of your companions by kneading sweet wax so that none of them may hear. If you yourself want to hear, let them bind your hand and feet in the swift ship, upright in the hole for the mast, and let the ropes be fixed to the mast itself so that you may take delight in hearing the voice of these two sirens. If you beseech and order your companions to release you, they must bind you with still more bonds. So I would do that. Yeah, I would totally be the one that was like, Y'all, stop your ears up with wax. Tie me to the mast, because I really want to experience this without dying. Later on in the story, of course, he's been warned about the sirens, so he has to encounter the sirens. But when we were as far away as a man can be heard when shouting, driving swiftly on our way, the sirens noticed the fast ship as it came near, and they began to intone their clear song. Come here, old storied Odysseus, great glory of the Archaeans. Bring your ship over here so that you can hear the voices of the two of us. For no man yet has passed this island in his black ship before hearing the sweet voices from our lips. 
but he takes pleasure in it and goes on his way, knowing more. For we know all that the Argives and the Trojans suffered through the will of the gods in broad Troy, and we know all things that take place on the much-nourishing earth. So they sang, sending him out their beautiful voices. My heart wanted to hear them, and I ordered my companions to set me free, nodding with my brows. <laughs> but they fell to their oars and rode on. Right away, Paramedes and Eurylochus stood up and bound me in more ropes and pulled them tighter. When they had rowed past the sirens and could no longer hear their voice nor song, my trusty companions quickly removed the wax with which I had stuffed their ears, and they released me from my bonds. That is, like, my favorite part of that story, is that not only are they luring a ship, you know, with their, um, inst their instruments and voices, but they're like, hey, we know everything, and you just gotta come over here, we'll tell you everything. And then you can go on your way, and, and you'll have all this knowledge. It's very reminiscent to me of the whole Adam and Eve story where the yep. serpent's like, hey, you want all the knowledge? I can give it to you. And the lady's like, yes, please. Which mm -hmm. is a sketchy way to look at knowledge, if you ask me. <laughs> we can need to have knowledge. the knowledge and give not Give me the die? knowledge. Yeah, why do we have to die? Why do we have to be lured or tempted? Why do we then we have to be the bad guy? We just wanted to know. What's wrong with wanting to know? God! Obviously, I need more caffeine, so I want to drink some more coffee. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, besides the Odyssey, there is the story of Jason and the Argonauts, who escaped the sirens because Orpheus drew out his lyre. Lyre? Lyre? How do you say that? I think it's lyre. Lyre. There you go. Thank you. Lyre. It's lore lore lyre. Um, drew out his lyre and played music and sang so sweetly and loudly that he drowned out the song of the sirens. So that's another way to beat them, I guess. You just have to sing louder than them. That's like when you're <laughs> when you're in uh, the car with your siblings or someone and you want to be heard over them. You just yell louder. Okay, according to later legend, the sirens, upset at the escape of Odysseus or at the victory of Orpheus, uh, threw themselves into the sea and died. We're just so mad that you didn't fall for our tricks. We're going to fucking kill ourselves. Yeah, that's BS. They didn't do that. Come on now. I don't believe it. But none of that is real. Okay. That sounds like those guys that, like, if you get if they get rejected on Tinder, they start insulting you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just fucking kill yourself. That's the um, really early version of that. <laughs> okay, so Homer never said what they look like physically look like in all of that. You just hear about how they look like us. They're us. It's us. <laughs> See, aren't our voices fantastic and lured? Oh lured? God, aren't you just so tempted because you you because we obviously know everything. And we, we have all this information. Gorgeous voices and a plethora of knowledge. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, but yeah, so he never describes what they physically look like. And I don't know when, because I went down, I didn't want to do too much research, because I always do. So I don't know when this happened, but at some point they took on the form of half woman, half bird. Cool. Yes. Um, and that is probably connected to harpies, which in Greek and Roman mythology was a half human, half bird and was a personification of storm winds. I think that probably happened right around like 2001. Yeah, that sounds right. When that song came out. I'm like a bird. Oh my God. It was, it was Nelly Furtado. <laughs> She's the siren. I'm half a bird. I'm gonna wreck your ship. No. Yep. Stop that right the, now. The B-side. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna weird owl any songs anymore. <laughs> no, please do. <laughs> so at first, 
Um, they were depicted as birds with large human lady heads uh, and feathers and scaly feet, which makes me think of the chicken lady sketch from <laughs> Kids in the Hall. It's kind of terrifying when you think about it. Just a bird with a giant lady head. and <laughs> I don't like it. Anyway, so then later they were more fully female, but their legs were birds. And sometimes they had wings and sometimes they didn't. And they were sometimes they played a variety of musical instruments, especially harps. In the Suda, which is a 10th century Byzantine encyclopedia of the ancient Mediterranean world, it has 30,000 entries many drawing from ancient sources that have since been lost and derived from medieval Christian compilers. So as far as Christians writing down other people's history in this time and every other time, not necessarily reliable. (laughs) When your voice goes up an octave or three, that means you're not sure about something. I'm very incredulous, but I'm trying to be nice about it. It's like when someone asks you a question like, so how how do I look with this weird makeup on? Oh, you look really good. You look so good. Yeah. I've turned into Mickey Mouse. <laughs> okay, so this is from that book, the Suda. Sirens were women with lyric voices who in bygone Greek myth dwelled on a small island and so enticed passing sailors with their beautiful voices that crews steered in and perished there. From their chests up, they had the form of sparrows. Below, they were women. So this description is like straight up bird titties, bird head, human vag, human legs. Disturbing. So you can basically have sex with a bird. Yeah. Sweet. I can peck your eyes out while you do me. That sounds like fun. Mm. Maybe that's why they're like, that's terrifying. That's the scariest (laughs) one I can come up with. Okay. Mythologers say that they were little birds with women's faces who beguiled sailors, bewitching them with lewd songs. (laughs) That's my kind of song right there. And the song of pleasure has no good consequence, only death. But the truth of the matter is this. Ready? Are you ready for the truth? There are narrow straits in the sea created by certain mountains in which the compressed rush of water sends up a sort of melodious lilt. When those who sail by hear it, they trust their lives to the rushing water and perish with crews and ships. I said, shout out, Ooh. shout out to my 10th century critical thinkers. That's right. They're like, it can't be half bird ladies. It's got to be rushing water in, a, in the mountains. I saw a car with a whole bunch of stickers on it, which is a common sight here in Asheville. It's the state, it's the state car. Yeah. Um, a Subaru Outback and- with the stickers yeah, all I think over it, it was. Actually, I do think it was. Everybody, super... everybody up there loves them cars. It had a sticker that made me think of you. It said "critical thinking, the other national deficit." And I was, <laughs> I love it. I've got to catch up with this person and see who's driving this car. And I catch up, and it is the littlest, oldest lady. That <laughs> is precious. I want to be really her when tiny. I grow up. Uh, no, when I grow you are going to be her. I think so. Yeah. So she would have she would have been out there going no guys it's not bird ladies, and some of the some of the stories this one is by Ovid um, from the first century B.C. Um, and Ovid writes that the sirens why should it be that they have feathers now and feet of birds though still a girl's fair face that's a good fucking question dude why should it be mm. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> 
Why should it be? Was it not because when Persephone was picking those spring flowers, they were her comrades there, and when in vain they sought for her through all the lands, they prayed for wings to carry them across the waves, so that the sea should know their search, and found the gods gracious, and then suddenly saw golden plumage clothing all their limbs? Yet to reserve that dower of glorious song, their melody's enchantment, they retained their fair girl's features and their human voice. So, in other stories, instead of praying to the gods to become birds so they could find Persephone, the idea is that Demeter punished them because they didn't find Persephone. She was like, you didn't find my daughter. I'm pretty sure that Persephone's Demeter's daughter. Anyway, so you're cursed to be half-bird people now, you jerks. It doesn't sound that bad. No, I have, I think, I would love to be a bird. Yes, they were made flying creatures by the will of Demeter because they had not brought help to her daughter. Okay. I did, I did know a thing. Obviously, over time, it, it, it went, it was various. Was it a bird's head? Is it a bird's ass? Are her feet human or are they bird feet? I don't know. It's a lot of confusion. But, and that's not the only thing that's changed over time. Because, like many other female icons throughout history, they began as powerful and spiritual beings who were sexualized and obscured until all that was left was a threatening and seductive representa representation of the fear of female sexuality. Oh, weird. That never happens. No, what the hell? That's so bizarre. They ain't just beautiful women with wings or purdy fish ladies who desire a relationship with human men. They are all powerful creatures whose tainted reputation arises not from feminine sub seduction but from knowledge of the afterlife are you afraid of our power oh you should be especially now that we're full of rage <laughs> um so many scholars today believe that the sirens were considered to be manifestations of the human soul after death and were quote duplicitous tricksters hmm so, um, Jane Ellen Harrison writes in her essay, The Cur as Siren, she writes, The bird woman became a death demon, a soul sent to fetch a soul, a cur that lures a soul, a siren. So, a cur in uh, Greek mythology was a female death spirit. They were goddesses who personified violent death and were drawn to bloody deaths on battlefields. While you were reading that, I just thought, Oh, honey, would you get on out there and fetch my soul? Um, I need you to fetch a soul for me. On your way home from work, if you could. Just fetch me up a soul. In early myths and legends, they were symbols of death and immortality, of, of the unknown, of transformation. They were also symbols of our connection to and separation from the natural world. Uh, they escorted souls and people in times of transit, danger, uncertainty. So basically, the fear of sirens is the fear of upsetting the established equilibrium, the fear of the unknown, fear of transformation, fear of learning, fear of being out of control or descending into the unconscious. In her book, The Mermaid and the Minotaur, Dorothy Dinnerstein observes, myth images of half-human beasts like the mermaid and the minotaur express an old, fundamental, very slowly clarifying communal insight that our species nature is internally inconsistent that our continuities with and our differences from the Earth's other animals are mysterious and profound. And in these continuities and these differences lie both the sense of strangeness on Earth and the possible key to a way of feeling at home here. Hmm. 
I really, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense to me because if you're talking about half human, half animal creatures that lure you to your death and then take you to the afterlife, it seems like pretty good uh, metaphor for like not understanding our place in the world, feeling disconnected from it, but also deeply connected to it, and not and it's hitting even more home in the way we live today. Yeah, in the Middle Ages, in the fourth century, pagan beliefs were overtaken by. You guessed it! Christianity! Yes! And so, the belief in the literal sirens were discouraged. And in, um, St. Jerome made a, uh, his ver- a Latin version of the Bible, and he translated the Hebrew word for jackals into sirens. And also, ch- uh, a word for owls, he changed that to sirens. And then I guess, uh, I guess what a lot of other translations kind of screwed everything up. The 7th century medieval bestiary, the Book of Monsters, is one example of a transition of sirens into mermaids. So, um, sirens were sea girls who are like human beings from the head to the navel, with the body of a maiden, but have scaly fish tails. And a lot of illustrations start, uh, start to portray them as having very voluptuous bodies, being in erotic poses, and exhibiting brazen tactics of seduction such as staring longingly into mirrors and combing their hair that gets them every time that's how i got jay (laughs) i just stared at myself in a mirror and brushed my hair and lorenzo was like i have to have that woman i must have her basically when christianity got a hold of it it got all discombobulated and confused through translation and through all the other things that christianity does to pagan religions and the sirens were not were no longer a spirit uh excuse me, a symbol of the spirit, but they were rather a symbol of the pleasures of the flesh. The early Christian interpretation of mythologized human beings was, as one would assume, shitty. <laughs> and this comes from Isidore's etymology, an, an etymological encyclopedia compiled in the 5th century that contains an influence, influential Christian bishop, just what he thought was worth keeping. So take that with a grain of salt. But he said, the Greeks imagined there were three sirens, part virgins, part birds, with wings and claws. One of them sang, another played the flute, and the third the lyre. They drew sailors decoyed by song to shipwreck. According to the truth, however, they were prostitutes who led travelers down to poverty and were said to impose shipwreck upon them. All right. Just like every other powerful woman, like Mary Magdalene, important woman. Why Mm -hmm. we think she's a prostitute? Nowhere does it ever say that. I was taught that. That is how she was portrayed in all things. She was a fallen woman. So all you got to do is just say that some lady's done some sex work and you you just write her off after that. That doesn't Mm -hmm. happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Does it? Mm -hmm. Uh, No, no. We're totally over that. Mm -hmm. Can you hear all the sarcasm? (laughs) That's what happened to sirens. They, They were a beautiful, amazing thing made into a bunch of sluts. So the term, the term siren now in ancient and modern mythology is, um, is used to describe something that is simultaneously dangerous and compelling. Thus the modern day common usage of the word for the alarm, which was invented in 1799. It was, and it was initially used to power pipes in an organ. It was a musical instrument. It wasn't an alarm. And then in 1819, an improved siren was developed and named after the sirens of Greek mythology. 
because it could produce sound underwater. All right, and now, and now for the last bit of rage from the feminist toadstool. This is an article, you should read the whole thing, it's amazing. It's from Tor.com, T-O-R, and it's called Fear of the Female Voice by Sarah Gailey. And I'm just going to quote from it a little bit, and then I'm going to shut up as long as you have something to tell me. Okay. Uh, okay. This story, the story of the sirens, is a great summary of the cultural fear of female voices. In a society where men hold power, the most powerful thing a woman can do is to have influence over men. The idea of a member of an oppressed class influencing the powerful is fundamentally threatening to the existing order of society because it puts some degree of power into the hands of those oppressed people. So when the sirens sing and Odysseus can't resist being drawn in by their song, the reader sees an epic hero displaying a rare weakness. These women are so potent and dangerous that they can bring down a figure as powerful as Odysseus. Initially, siren mythos reflected an existing fear of the female potential to tempt and ruin powerful men. But over the course of centuries, their story grew into a tool to reinforce that fear. Sirens grew from a few sisters stranded on an island by a curse to a working class of Sicilian prostitutes, as I talked about earlier, to all women. When Lapide, I don't know who that is, wrote that voice and sight alike deal destruction and death he was speaking into a fear that stretches all the way back to Eden narratives, a fear that listening to a woman is a mortal error. Later, Sarah says this about The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen. Note that the overarching theme of this classic children's tale isn't love. Marriage is a factor, but it's secondary. It's a means to an end. What the mermaid really wants when she sacrifices everything is a soul. And the way for her to get that soul? Silence. She has to give up her voice, and she has to endure agonizing pain, and she has to reject the company of her sisters. All this just to get to purgatory, where she has to undergo additional purification in order to have a soul. Her existing identity as a woman who wants things and can speak to, to that want is a moral obstacle to be overcome. Her only shot at redemption comes to her via silence and death. The historic and contemporary demand for female silence stems directly from a fear of what women's voices can do. I'm going to cry. <laughs> if women can speak to each other and to the world at large, the ideas of women threaten to influence and shape society from the top down in the same way that men's voices have for centuries. This fear, the fear that women will influence men, and the fear that they will influence culture on social and political levels, is pervasive and leads directly to violence. Yes, <clears throat> down, amen. Down off my told so amen, Sarah Gailey, a woman, a people, a humans. You know, I can't talk about, I, I just wanted to tell a story. That's all I wanted to do. I'm gonna be like, oh, here's a story, but then that story, of, Kurt, of course, like all old stories, has some kind of shitty undertones about, you know keeping somebody down or teaching us some sort of lesson and this one just is a really bullshit lesson wow yeah oh, i want to read that article I'm, i got emotional because that's it's real it's true it's i mean there is and i have often tried to figure out exactly why what is so scary about women having power what is so scary about women having a voice guys out there all you dude turkey buzzards <laughs> do you know <laughs> Because we're, we're at a loss. We need help. What do you think? Is any of that real? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you just read me is so very real. How beautiful, feminine 
icons and and lure gets twisted into this fear-based thing I, I i don't know i guess it's men are afraid of giving up power men as a whole you know not every single man obviously duh we know that hashtag not but, all men <clears throat> hashtag not all men but the patriarchal society is afraid of giving up power when really it's not as if they would have no power. Yeah, obviously. I don't. That's why. That's why. Like, I, I, I'm always trying to see where someone else is coming from. Like, I want not, not like, oh, I'm gonna have compassion for you because if you're an asshole, no, sorry, you don't get any of that. I reserve that for people who are trying to be good people. But, but you know, I'm always trying to be like, why? What? Where did this idea come from? Why do people think this? I want to understand the logic or lack of logic behind that thought and this one i just can't parse i have an idea so i was thinking about it while you were telling about how they went through that narrow strait first of all it reminded me of when you hear things like oh she's crazy it's her like you know blaming the woman for everything that went wrong in a situation yeah and it made me think perhaps maybe these guys just didn't know how to sail <laughs> Or, or that the straight was really dangerous, but they didn't want to admit that they had a hard time with it. So they blamed someone. They were like, oh, it's these women. That is so spot on. I love it. Yeah. It can't be that we're bad at boats. We can't admit we're bad at boats. <laughs> it was those sexy, sexy ladies over there. If you just admit you're bad at boats, maybe you can fix that. I saw boobies. I'm not bad at boats. It was boobies. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love, I I love your theories. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good one. I love Add theories. it to the list. So, yeah, I mean, it's really relevant right now with all this shit that's going on. It's hard not to get mad all the time. It's really hard not to get mad all the time, and it's exhausting. And I'm trying to, like, to not be mad all the time, but I also feel like I need to be mad all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, if you're mad right now about what's currently going on, there are some places you can donate. There's Yellowhammer. Yes, you can um, You can do things with your there's rage. There's Sister Song. Sister Song is in Georgia. You can vote. You can run Check for office. Out. Do that. I told my mom the other day, oh, maybe I'll just run for office. Let's vermin supreme this election. I'm not trying to, like, get political, but fucking we need to... What are we doing? You can get political. Fuck it. This is our podcast. You say whatever you want to say. I can edit it later. <laughs> That's if true. If we decide different. If you sound like a hysterical she-beast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut it out. Okay. That's what I feel like sometimes. Not a, not hysterical because that word is bullshit, but God bless America. Yeah, please, God, could you bless America? <laughs> That's what I say. That's become my go-to thing. Instead of saying, God damn it, or other expletives when Levon's around, I just say, God bless America. <laughs> so that was that was both an entreaty for someone to please help us and also me cussing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <sighs> okay. Well, if you want, we can go to a, a slightly more lighthearted, although there is a little bit of... Um, there's a slightly shitty history behind mine, but it's much more weird and creepy and lighthearted, if you like. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I wanted to go weird and creepy. And, like, if you look up some pictures of those sirens, they are super weird and creepy. And, you know, there's some really good creepy stories about mermaids and sirens, but 
once I once I read that article, I was like, nope, nope, this is where I'm going. This is my road. <laughs> Hell yeah, take that feminist road. So I'm going to tell you about another creature that lures you away, and it is the puckwudgie. Puckwudgies. So One cute. reason that I picked it is because I love to say puckwudgie. It's a great word, and it, and it sounds like a cute little thing. But it's really not cute at all. Oh, great. And also, my dog's name is Puck, so it's fun. Is he a puckwudgie? That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to lure you into the barn so he could eat your soul. Ooh, I should have let him. I'll go with you. It's fine. I'm done here. It's good. I'm He's good. He's hungry. So I got most of my info from thelineup.com and spookysouthcoast.com. And now let me tell you just a little bit about these creatures. Yes, please do Puck it. Puckwudgies. <laughs> They're two to three foot tall creatures with human-like features. Uh, they have large ears, large noses, and fingers. But their skin has been described as gray and smooth, and uh, they, they've of- often been compared to trolls or goblins. I also heard that they have, like, porcupine-like spikes on them sometimes. What? I know, yuck. So the small creatures have a variety of tricks up their sleeves to taunt or harm humans. They have the ability to shapeshift. They can create balls of light or fire in their hands. They carry poisonous weapons. Or I also have heard that their tongues are poisonous weapons. All right. You know what? I changed my mind. I don't want to be a bird. I want to be a fucking puck wedgie. I want to have yes. spikes and I want to have tricks up my sleeve and I want to have, you know what? Ooh, my tongue is a weapon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they often lure humans to their death as well. So, all right, let me tell you a little good. bit about the origin of Puckwudgies. The name translates to "person of the wilderness" or "little man of the woods that vanishes," and are also known as Bagwajinini. I think I'm saying that right. They are part of the lure of several Native Native American tribes in New England and the Great Lakes region, and some say that Puckwudgies once lived in harmony with humans but turned against them. Can you blame them? (gasps) No, not at all. And then I read something that said, according to legend, it's best to leave these creatures alone. You think? No. mm -mm. I want to snuggle up to one and be like, hey, how you doing there, friend? (laughs) That's like cuddling a possum. So here's the origin story behind the Pukwudgie. So the Wampanoag tribe has a particularly detailed origin story of the Pukwudgies. The legend has it that the creatures originally got along well with humans, like I said, but humans were distracted by their relationship with Moshop, who was a giant, kind-spirited deity who created the landmass we now know as Cape Cod. Oh. Yeah. Kind of like Judicola. Thanks. Yeah. It, see, it reminded me of the Judicola origin story. Yeah. So the, the Pukwudgies got jealous, and they were offended that they weren't as well-loved as Moshop, and they began to cause more and more mischief, you know, like, to try to get attention, like a little kid. Yeah. Hey, 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 me, over here. I don't do that. Look at me. I Look never at me. do that. Look at me. So after the Wampanoags had a talk with Moshop's wife, Moshop exiled the Puckwudgies and forcefully spread them far and wide throughout America. And I heard I heard one story that was like Moshop 
just took the Pukwudgies and flung them. And that some of them landed in the Great Lakes region, where there, I think it was the Algonquin tribes? Tribe? Yeah. So that's what that that appears in their legends as well, because Ma shot through them. One so day, far. a bunch of little spiky human-like things just fell from the sky. Many of the Pukwudgies found their way back. So they were like, oh, hell no, you're not getting rid of us. And they found I mean, their way back. That was kind of rude. Well, I guess also they were trying to be they were trying to be helpful in some ways but even when they tried to be helpful they fucked it up like oh my god i am a puckwudgie <laughs> maybe they had their reasons for wanting to get rid of the puckwudgies i don't know if i i necessarily blame them so so they they eventually they found their way back and they instigated a more belligerent relationship with humans and moshop and they eventually killed moshop's five sons so some variations also suggest that they killed Moshop himself, and this legend coincides with the giant disappearing from the Wampanoag folklore. I said I had a little bit of, of sad or shitty history that goes along with this, and some things that I read said that this folklore yeah. also coincides with colonists coming over. So maybe Moshop disappearing coincides with that, and that the... Pukwudgie legend was possibly used to ex either explain some of the things that were happening to people that disappeared okay. or they were used to keep children from going into the woods like a lot of folklore is like don't go out there because don't yeah don't go in the woods yeah so that might be part of it I it, mean that it makes is older sense. it is an old folklore so that would just be part of it you know right right so what do the Pukwudgies do exactly so I mentioned some of the things that they might be able to do, but what makes them dangerous is the multitude of magical abilities that they have to torment and manipulate people. Oh, God, see, I'm back on the side of wanting to be a Pukwudgie again. I just don't want to murder anybody. Be a Pukwudgie, just don't kill anyone. I'm yeah. a benevolent Pukwudgie. <laughs> benevolent Pukwudgie. That's you. <laughs> so they can appear and disappear at will are, and are said to be able to transform into other animals. So you could still maybe be a siren sometimes. Oh, yeah, I could be a bird lady. Oh, my God. I want to be a Pukwudgie so bad. They have possession of magical poison arrows that they can fire at will. Okay. And that they can also create fire. They often seem to be related to a tall, dark figure, often referred to in modern times as shadow people. So oh, okay. it's like they are somehow collaborating with shadow people. I'm not sure good collab. Puckwages are also said to collect and control the souls of people they have killed and that they also use lights to entice new victims in the woods so that they can kidnap and kill them and this reminds me of uh, Skinwalker Ranch where people saw the orbs and the lights. Yep. Maybe it was Puckwages. Yeah, maybe that's what uh, brown mountain lights are. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's go up there. Oh, this is all making sense because mm -hmm. that's not too far from the Judicola Rock. It's all connected. So, Pukwages are often tied to specific locations, and a lot of the reported sightings come from the woods of Massachusetts. In fact, the police in Freetown, Massachusetts, have put up a Pukwudgie crossing sign near the Freetown <laughs> State Forest. That's awesome. <laughs> I need that. So the Freetown Fall River State Forest is a state park located in Massachusetts. The forest sits squarely within 
the infamous Bridgewater Triangle, which we're gonna have to do a whole episode about. It is on the list. Yeah. Yep. So I'll just go briefly over it because we're gonna cover it more later, but. It's a 200 square mile area within the southeastern Mass- within southeastern Massachusetts that is the epicenter of a mind-boggling array of inexplicable bizarre phenomena <laughs> reported since colonial times including strange creatures, Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, specters, ominous black helicopters, mysterious orbs of light, strange disappearances, giant snakes, poltergeist activity, cattle mutilations, and of course, the Pukwudgie. Uh, there are numerous visitors to the forest who have claimed to have seen the Pukwudgies, and the mischievous beasts have been blamed as the cause of an unusual number of people who have supposedly fallen from the cliffs to their deaths in the area. <gasps> Such sightings are also uh, not limited to Massachusetts. Some of them are coming from uh, New Hampshire, Virginia, and even California, so maybe this is Due to the flinging, I don't know. <laughs> the most disturbing recurring attacks might be taking place at a hundred-foot cliff overlooking a quarry in the Freetown State Forest known as The Ledge. There have been many hauntings at this site, but the most frequent experience is an overwhelming feeling to jump to the rocks into the water below. Oh, what is that called? There's like a French word for that. That means like the call of the void, but in French and I don't speak it, so I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. I felt I'll that ask my mother-in-law. She speaks French. Yeah, ask her. So in the folklore of the Wampanoag, the Pukwudgies were known to lure people to the cliffs, push them off to their death, and there have been several unexplained suicides at the ledge, often by people who had no signs of depression or mental disease before entering the forest. So from the Spooky South Coast article... Here's a quote. In the southeastern corner of Massachusetts lies Bristol County, an area known locally as the most haunted place in New England. The energy that sleeps there has been rumored to cause haunted schools, ghostly armies, and unexplained suicides and murders. Forested areas of the county have long been known to contain a litany of unexplained animals from Bigfoot and Thunderbirds to large snakes and odd bear-like monsters. For the past 40 years, cults have flocked there, and their activities, often criminal, have filled the blotters of local law enforcement. Of all the unknown horrors that live in Bristol County, the most feared is not an animal or a ghost, or the members of satanic cults that walk the forests, but a demon only two feet high. And if the history of the area represents the history of our American society, these Pukwudgies are the gatekeepers of our darker side. I like that thinking of of the Pukwudgie as our dark side and that's why it can lure you and trick you because maybe it's you doing the trickery on yourself yes Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a metaphor there is a commonality I think between a lot of cultures having stories of small human-like beings i mean also fairies and trolls and all those kinds of things which aren't cute and nice creatures initially fairies and all that stuff that's what they did they lured you into the forest they were creepy fairies are creepy yeah i feel like there are more names that start with p i feel like there's a theme where a lot of these names for small creatures start with p interesting i wonder why because they're because they're real and everybody just has different names for them that sound similar maybe the puckwedgies are telling you 
trying to tell you what they're called. So I did hear a story on, I can't, it was another podcast and I can't remember which podcast because it was a long time ago and I tried to find it, but there was a story, it was like a listener story of someone who was driving along a road and saw, or, or I think was pulled over on the side of a highway and saw one of these creatures and felt compelled to go to it. And the creature was saying something to the man, like, uh, like, come with me, or I want you to come, or something like that. Get on and over here. He he couldn't understand what the creature was saying, but later he was thinking about it, and because it wasn't sounding like English. Right. But then it was like someone speaking English that doesn't normally speak English, so... Later, he he got on down the road. He he ended up tearing himself away and being like, I got to get out of here and started thinking about the words and was like, God, was it saying come here? Like, <laughs> creepy. And no, I, if I if if I if anyone knows or if I remember the, the podcast that that's from, I'll make it known. But it, I guess people see this shit still to this day. I guess so. What do you think? Is any of that real? I I believe that it's real that we make up stories to explain stuff and that I believe that my desire to be a Pukwudgie is real. <laughs> that is very real. I don't blame you. Oh, they're kind of cool. This I don't want to murder anybody, but the rest of it sounds like a really rad existence. Last night as I was... I got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and it was dark, of course, and... I started thinking about Pukwudgies and I got really creeped out because I watched some YouTube videos that were like, they were supposed Pukwudgie sightings. Oh and, Lord, don't do that. Oh my God, some of them are so weird. It's be like a little black creature looking thing running away and all those paranormal videos weird me out because some of them look so real. And I don't know, I think Pukwudgies might be real. There okay. might be real little goblin things that live in the forest and... They don't really want you to mess with them, just kind of like Bigfoot. There's a small Bigfoot. They're a small, annoying Bigfoot. <laughs> just like me. <laughs> just like you, Sarah. Yeah, no, my, my inner child that desperately wants fairies and everything, all those things to be real, is like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just I'm just on be one. Uh, I'll, I'll start researching how to become a Pukwudgie, and I will let everyone know about my progress next episode. And we'll, we'll become Pukwudgies on Instagram Live. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can, you, I'll Instagram Live my body modification of getting porcupine spikes so put on my back. Oh, that'd be cool. Ouch. No. Uh-uh. I don't even have my ears pierced. No. I would die. It's just your weird anxieties that won't let you get porcupines installed on your back. <laughs> that's, that's the God, only thing. You gotta thing. get over that. That's the only thing that's keeping me from being a Pukwudgie. <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway. Do you have any questions for this Magic 8-Ball over here? Well, duh. Magic 8-Ball. Am I a puck wedgie? <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, okay, I was about to ask it. Okay, do ask it. I want to okay. know. Am I a puck wedgie? Magic 8-Ball, is Sarah actually a puck wedgie? Oh, not likely. I'm sorry. Ugh, that's all right. You know what? Though I will, I'm gonna live my life like a pug wedgie from now on. That's my new, that's my new thing. Making fire in your hands and shooting arrows out of your mouth and yep. yep. So, 
What other question were you going to ask? It sounded like you had a different question. Oh, I was just going to ask if puck wedgies were real. Magic 8-Ball or puck wedgies real? Ooh, outlook good. Outlook good. Oh, that's exciting. Thank you, Magic 8-Ball. Be careful when you go in the woods. Be careful. There are puck wedgies about. They will lure you. The lore. According to the lore, they will lure you with their liar. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. All right. Okay. Look, if you've ever been lured into the woods by a puck wedgie, yeah. Do you have any puck wedgie stories? Do you have any? uh, How many things did I pronounce wrong or get wrong? You can come at me with that. I'm fully open to it. Uh, Send us your crab tales. Yeah. Send us tales of little blue, big blue crabs that cross your path. Yeah. Send us all your stories. We want to hear from you because we care about you. We love you. We appreciate you. We do, we do. Follow us on Instagram for a visual experience. Yes, mm-hmm. I think this uh, episode art's going to be pretty ridiculous. Oh, I can already, <laughs> I can kind of see it already. I'm getting very excited. <sighs> also, we have a Patreon page with a lot of cool stuff we can send you if you want to support the podcast. And none of this is real podcast at gmail.com is where yes. you email us. Email us. Um, rate and review us. So that other people can find us. Tell your friends and your family and your enemies and your co-workers. Tell the Shed Man of Greensboro. Tell the Shed Man. Tell the Puck Wedgies. We did a whole episode about them. Uh, yeah. Give them some little Puck Wedgie headphones and tell them yeah. to listen. Come on. They'll love it. Um, yeah. visit. You can visit our website, too. You can listen to all of our episodes there. And you can find out how to contact us there in case you forget. Oh, and yeah. you could send us a clip of your beautiful voice telling us what's real to you or what are you scared of or I don't, whatever. You just tell us anything. We just want to hear your voice. Yeah, well, you send an audio file to our email address and I'll stick it on the end of this here podcast. That would be awesome. We'd love to hear mm-hmm. from we'd love to hear from you guys, you turkey buzzards. You turkey buzzards. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd also like for you to know that you don't have to believe in any of the stuff we just said. Mm-mm, you don't, but you do have to believe on yourself. Believe all over yourself. Do it right now, today. Don't hesitate. Believe <laughs> on yourself. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Hey, what's up? My name's Jen, and Tupac Shakur is still very real to me.